Sup. Sup. Okay, everyone, welcome back to the Hit Factor podcast. Uh, tonight we have Jeff Cawthon, Jared Fox, and me, Jason Bradley. Uh, we just, all three of us, just got done shooting Oklahoma section this past weekend. So we're just going to do some recap on that. Maybe talk about another thing or two. Um, so we all three won our divisions. So that was good. Um, before we get into this, to the match specifics, what did you guys think going uh, Friday night? How, what were you What were you planning on dealing with Saturday? So for for the listeners, we're all three driving in, and we all get an email at two o'clock in the match the the Friday the staff shooters um, and the um, Friday squad shooters they postponed the match at two o'clock due to rain. So it was, it was raining and lightning. And I knew going down that the weather was forecasting rain. And so I was personally prepared to just be miserable and wet all day Saturday. You were prepared to go home. That's yeah. what you were prepared to do. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. When they canceled it, I was like 30 minutes from the range, so I went ahead and showed up. But um, I had it in my mind that like if it's going to rain, piss and pour all night, and then it's going to do that Saturday, so like Saturday – because. When they postponed it, they had to basically um, let the staff and the Friday shooters finish up um, Friday, or excuse me, Saturday, and then the normal Saturday squads were going to start at one. And so I basically told myself that'll give you time to go check everything out. But if it's just going to be, if it's going to be raining all day, so if I would have got up and it was raining, and then I'd have gotten the range and it rained all day and it was going to continue to rain, I had made a decision that I was there was a good chance I was going to get in the truck and go home. <laughs> So, because so I'm a sissy. <laughs> so I'll I'll start on that one. So, whenever I showed up, it was kind of sprinkling, but they'd already cut off. But it was pretty clear that that area had been hammered pretty hard. So I was definitely concerned that the next day would be a shit show. Because mm-hmm. most of the squads had like six or seven stages left to shoot. So I was really, when the one o'clock start time and stuff for us, I was really concerned that any level of delay, anything happens, I really thought it would prevent us from finishing the match and we'd have to shoot again on Sunday. Uh, Thankfully, the staff surprised me and had good weather for Saturday and they got through and they were ready to start shooters at one o'clock as planned. And I think my squad finished up about 6.30 or 7. We were the uh, second or third squad done, so uh, definitely surprised there. But I was prepared for a complete day of suck on Saturday. Yeah, I was definitely mentally trying to prepare for shooting in the rain and pasting underneath bags all day. But we didn't have to. Nope, we got lucky. It didn't rain a drop, and and surprisingly, the range drains really, really well. It was the range was not bad at all. There was no, no there bay. There any... was no water standing. There was no, no. My feet didn't get wet. I mean, there was. I didn't run through a single piece of or a, a puddle or anything. It was awesome. Yeah, no, no mud or water issues on any of the bays. Yeah, by the end shooting. of the day, it was like the dirt on the range was actually it was back to like a dry sandy texture so it was funny because when i we were shooting on it was probably bay nine uh maybe eight but i, I noticed that it was either red clay or um that's well, i guess there might have been some sand but i shot a match in in mississippi one time where it rained and whatever the, the soil conditions there when it started raining it just made it it was like you were uh, standing, uh, running on ice. It was real slick. Maybe not as bad as ice, but it was it was really slick. So I was kind of worried about that because if it's going to rain and that's the conditions there, then you're running. And then it's like, okay, you're not really going to run super hard. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to eat it. I mean, I wasn't going to run super hard if I was going to shoot uh, because last thing I'm going to do is tweak something. Uh, um, shooting a match. Now, <laughs> I did do that Sunday. I just now realized how stupid I I did what I did on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> at home. the listeners at the end. 
Yeah, but anyways, but I was like, I this ain't I ain't gonna get hurt on something so stupid. No, but we lucked out. So yeah, uh, what'd you guys think of the stages? So the overall, uh, I think Brian, uh, the RM did did the did quite a bit on the stages. I think they did a, a very good job. Uh, overall, they were interesting. There really wasn't a lot of gimmicky stuff. I really can't think of anything that was very gimmicky except maybe the drop down window. But I think the only issue there was I think somebody hit the hinge and caused uh, some damage that required a repair. Uh, one thing to note, though, is that the, the hit factors were surprisingly high. So even even with a mix of uh, short courses and, and long courses, most of that most of the stages were over a like six and a half, seven hit factor for production. And the My CO and open half. guys were and even limited were up in like the eights, nines on almost everything. So it was a pretty fast match there. There was only a handful of stages that took more than 20 seconds, even shooting production. My average hit factor was 7.9. How about Boomer? Looking at mine right now, I mean, I had a couple seven and a half. Those were the lower ones. I had probably two or three of them, but I would say mine were probably around nine uh, or maybe even 10 average because I had a lot of, I had a lot of tens and an 11 and several nine and a halfs. So. But, I might not even, have to take the time to average them out, but yeah, even with it being a, a pretty fast match like that, though, I wouldn't say it was overly easy. I mean, there was definitely plenty of hard shots in the match, you know, partials and hard cover and stuff like that. A uh, couple of really tight leans. Wasn't any strong hand or weak hand though, which I guess is pretty typical anymore. Though, if it's not in the classifier, you don't really see it. I threw in some strong hand. Did you? Of course you did. Just so you had to lean hard? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Just hurt some feelings some more, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. um, I actually liked the stages. I thought they were good. Um, I can't think of anything that I thought was a bad stage. Not, I mean, not not a single one of them. So, uh, I mean, there were some, there were some 180, uh, if you want to use the word traps, 180 traps on <clears throat> four or five stages. Um, but I don't know that that was any, I don't know, maybe it was more typical or more common than some matches, but, um, maybe I just don't think about it anymore and I just kind of make sure I don't break it now. Sometimes that's bad because there's been times where I'll be doing a walkthrough on stage and not even realize that I'm breaking the 180 or about to break the 180. And a matter of fact, there was a, now that I think about it, there was a stage and it was, I think stage like four, three or four. And somebody said, hey, if I shoot this target from here, am I breaking the 180? And then that made me look because I had planned on shooting it a little closer, uh, you know, towards the back berm. And uh, I would have been breaking the 180, so I'm kind of glad they did ask that. So that makes my point. But, but no, I thought the stages were good. Um, I liked them. You know, some of them didn't, didn't give you really much of a choice of how you shot them. There was a couple of them like that, which is not a bad thing. Um, but most of them you had a pretty good, you know, uh, chance to kind of, make your own stage plan and there was different ways to shoot it and so <clears throat> there was a couple of them though that had a crazy amount of options yeah yes. yeah i mean yeah. there was uh the one the stage that chad was working yes i think i think on my squad of 11 shooters i think i saw it shot like six different ways yeah that that was that's a good though stage like it, it, yeah it made it made a great stage um, that was probably my favorite stage of the match yeah, I don't know yeah. if I've ever seen a stage at any other match that was that versatile. That that was what, a crazy stage. What made it interesting is it was like it's one of those that you first walk up and you see a ton of ways to shoot it, and and you've got to kind of decide if you if you want to stick with a simple plan or if you think you're going to be real aggressive on it. And I stuck with a pretty simple plan on it, and I think that was the. I think I was like second or third on that stage, like ninety-eight percent. I think that was the way to shoot it, though, is to not be too aggressive because I saw several people get into trouble on that stage with trying to either shoot it all from the center or yeah. or be overly aggressive and forget a target and stuff like that. I I actually messed that stage up. Uh, 
you had an option to shoot from the middle, and then you had you had an option to go to the left side and the right side. Some people went to every position, all three positions. Um, I think I know I went to the left and then ran across the front and then went to the right. I think that's what Matt did. We weren't on the same squad, um, but um, when I got over to the right, you know, I had a engagement and I messed the engagement up and swung over to a target and had to swing back to hit pick up these four poppers. I just just had a mental lapse or something. It wasn't programmed. That had to cost me. Had to cost me a second um, coming back to those difficult, you know, mini popper targets to get on. Um, anyways, but yeah, the, but that I actually think that was my favorite stage of the match. Yeah, that was a cool. And one. I, I, um, I tell you one thing. What I was going to say about that is, uh, I actually changed my stage plan um, on probably four or five stages. Like, and sometimes it was just a small alteration. Um, in fact, on that stage, I was the second shooter, uh, for the, for the squad on that one. And, um, I think I changed it, uh, when the first shooter was shooting it, I changed the order, um, from the left side. Um, I didn't think I'd have enough time to, there was a, uh, disappearing target and I wanted to pick the points up on it cause it, you, you could, but I thought if I, um, and it, and it was completely disappearing, you had no head box to go back to or anything. And so um, the way I, Matt and I talked about it when we were doing our walkthrough, um, I decided not to do that because after I saw it being shot a time or two, it looked like it was a little faster. And um, so I wanted to make sure I got those 10 points. And then the target that I skipped over to that was originally going to be taken before that, I, I, that was going to be my target exiting the and, – and I made and I did that side fine. But like I said, the options that you had, um, I changed the plan on a couple of stages. Like I said, probably four or five of them. And I've never done that in a match. Not that many. I've done maybe one or two, but so I, I actually like the stages. Uh, all the staff was great. I mean, we really lucked out. Yeah, uh, other than the fact that it just happened because of the rain the day before, everybody got screwed, and 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 it pushed our shooting. We, I mean, we were done at probably around six, but none of us left the lane, range until like ten or ten thirty. So, and, and so yeah. to keep in mind about the the staff, I mean, they really were troopers too because they went they were out there at. I think 8 a.m. to start shooting yeah. for the rest of their match. So they were all out there from like 8 to 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Yeah. It, it was a long day for them. Yep. So, all right. So let's get into the results. Uh, let's start with Jeff. So Jeff uh, shot limited, but Jeff shot his single stack gun. Now, Jeff, did you load to 10 rounds? I heard somebody. I'm seeing somebody make a comment that you went to ten on on one of the stages or something. Yeah, my max can hold nine, so if I barneyed off, I could go to ten once. Okay. So, what was your game plan knowing you were going in, and knowing that you were? I mean, you are at a disadvantage. There's no doubt about it with the the limited capacity. So yeah, I just make you that just help you decide to let it all hang out and see what. See where the chips fail? Yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't shoot stupid. I shot at a speed I, I knew I could operate at. But uh, definitely, it's easier, you know, when uh, you've got nothing to lose, right? So, right. it's mentally, it was easier. It was like, you were just kind of looking for, for opportunities all day uh, where you could basically get close to or... Uh, yeah, just keep up with the guys that were having that had higher capacity. But yeah, I mean, it was just shooting fast and trying to load fast. I definitely yeah, I mean, shot uh, faster. I probably shot that about that fast uh, last club match I shot. But that's kind of been the goal this year is to shoot faster. Okay. Yeah, worked out. It was fun. I won U class. So yeah, cool. yeah, <laughs> big time. Hey Jeff, you got a medal, didn't you, for U class? <laughs> yeah, I, I got a, I got stupid. a award coin. That's awesome. You're stupid. I got one for M class in production, also. Hey Jason, how about yeah. yours? Yeah, they didn't, uh, they didn't give one out for GMs. Uh, <laughs> there was three of us. There was three of us there, but they didn't give it out. Um, <laughs> they were probably worried you welfare open shooters were like potted or something. Yeah, well. No, but uh, Jeff, how many um, did you? I, I'm looking right now. So, how many stage wins did you have? So one, one, the classifier. Okay. That was it. Okay, so that that right there. So 
that's cool because like you just you just shot a consistent match as far as you you yeah. you were in the top five and everyone mostly in the top three. So that's yeah, kinda it was kind of cool. one of those deals. Like I was I was pushing a bit mm-hmm. uh, just because of the division I was in and uh, the disadvantage I was at. So I was pushing, but uh, yeah, it was just kind of. Yeah, we're just like keep uh, keep chugging along and hope other people mess up, and I and, guess they did. Because... And that's what yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, I mean that's definitely to, what happened. Yeah, because there was two there was two good shooters that were shooting limited there, and I'm yeah, I know probably, TJ didn't probably just hurt some people's feelings. Well, I, I'm sorry, I don't know who else was shooting. You you <laughs> three are the only people that I know by name that were actually shooting it. I'm not looking at the results, so I was looking at your stage your stage performances. But yeah, that was definitely it. It was just uh, shoot and hope the other guys mess up uh, more than I did. Some good shooters I'm looking now. Yeah. Yeah, because the only one I won was the the classifier. The rest of them, but the rest of them, I was in uh, top five every time. I I never had a below top five finish on a stage. Didn't give any points up is what it was. Yeah. Yeah, you only had one five. Uh, you had two fives. Most of yeah. them were threes. Yeah, and twos. So basically, most of them, those two guys beat me, except the ones they didn't. They had to have crashed pretty hard on. Yeah, and sometimes that's just the way it goes, man. Things just line up, and you know. But that's part of the match, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. So, um, Jared, how'd you so- how'd your match go? So similar to what Jeff just mentioned, I mean, my match was was won by shooting consistently, and uh, I was certainly close to a, a friend of mine all day that was shooting production as well, and we were we were shooting pretty similar stage times, but I was just outpointing him on almost every stage. So going into the match, obviously my last two majors have been a real struggle for me. I uh, have not shot nearly as well as I expected to um but taking into account what i figured out last match i was just really focused on seeing the correct thing so staying focused on the target for everything that i know i can shoot target focus and that's what i've been doing in training for the last week as well uh had great results with it i shot a clean match um 92 of the points so a pretty solid alpha count there um but as far as I, I didn't didn't try to to race the guy I was competing with, I, I stayed focused on shooting my game, and I think I gave up like five points on the first stage we shot. I was definitely a little nervous on it, uh, but from there on, I I pretty much won every stage we shot against him. I obviously didn't get every stage win because some of the guys that shot the day before picked up a couple of them, um, but pretty well. Gained about five points per stage just by shooting my game and shooting good points, uh, not being too overly concerned with the the speed. I, I felt like I was shooting sufficiently fast to ensure good hits. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about two stages to go, uh, the main guy I was competing against, the ma- like I figured, the match was going to come down to who made a an error that really hurt you first. And he had a little bit of trouble on one stage, and that allowed me to pull away strongly. And then um, there, it was too much for him to make up on the last little short stage we had left. So it, it was a it was a good match for me. I, I was happy. I mean, certainly there's there was a few errors that I saw in my own shooting that you know I'm working on in training this week. Uh, for example, I wasn't overly pleased with my position entry. I didn't feel like I was as aggressive as I should be. Uh, coming in on targets and then a couple of times I over transitioned or transitioned to the wrong target so it certainly cost me a little bit of time as well yeah cool how about you Jason uh so my um my first stage I had an equipment issue my mag got stuck uh the gun I'm shooting if you're not if I'm not really solid on that mag button and hold it down for just a second um and i let it if i if i push it and let it go fast enough and that gun's tilted at all canted at all it the mags will catch that mag release will 
uh, even though the mag is moved, um, it will essentially pin the mag back in the gun again. And that's what I did. And so then I'm having to push it again and I'm, you know, now I'm in a position and trying to get the, you know, I'm holding the other mag in my hand waiting for that one to get, and I'm shaking it and pushing the button. And so that, that hung me up. And then when I, I had some makeups and I didn't Barney off. So I started with 22. I went to, I want to say, uh, my count was 18 or 19. And I think I had three or four makeups, whatever it was that when I was trying to get the mag out of the gun, I was also empty. And so when I finally got the mag out of the gun and got the new mag in the gun, uh, there was not one in the chamber. So of course I pointed the gun and then pulled the trigger and then realized what happened and had to rack. So, so that stage I was six, I want uh, in carry optics, uh, sixth place. And other than that, it, uh, my, my first three stages weren't, 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 weren't super bad. They weren't bad at all. Uh, that one, that, that hiccup was, was, uh, you know, definitely an error, but the other two, uh, second and third stages weren't horrible bad. They just weren't, you know, super, super solid, but, uh, I kind of picked it up after that and just started in, started actually probably shooting better a, a, as I went on every stage. I think I won a lot of stages. Um, but, and I finished, I usually finish, I actually always finish strong. Uh, and that's something I kind of tell myself, I pet myself up with that. But, uh, I'll say this, I was talking to Jeff. One thing I was doing was, is, and, and I don't ever really worry about, think about if I, oh, if I, if I kicked state this stage, you know, blow this stage away. I'm, you know, I'm just going to, if I keep doing it, I'm going to win the match. I don't think of it like that. And I really didn't even think about it at all. It was even less. Um, when I would get done shooting a stage, I knew I shot it well, or I knew on this target, I oh, maybe transition hung up a little bit or, you know, kind of, you ever, you guys ever swing over to a hard, uh, hard partial or something like that. And you just kind of pause on it for a little bit. <laughs> yes. And you're not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. I did that on the stage with the dropout windows on the on the difficult steel, which is weird because there was no penalty to be had. I just kind of was refining and and really and I I probably lost a second on that one. But uh, so after the stage, each stage I would just kind of I knew instantly whether whether or not it was really good or not, and um, and then I was just moving on. And then I got to the next stage and I just started programming it and just uh, visualizing it and just thinking about that until it was my turn to shoot. Which is something I didn't really do at Ozark too much, um, or I didn't do it as as good as I did it here, um, and so I think that definitely helped me shoot a little bit better. Um, for the most part, I'm very pleased. I told myself after we were done shooting that um, even though I had a stage issue on, or a issue uh, on stage one, that I was overall pleased with my shooting and whatever the results were going to be, I was going to be okay with. And yeah. so, in fairness, Co was. The most stacked division at that match. Steel had some heat. Uh, Co had some heat. Had some really good shooters in it. Really good shooters. So there's, there's probably three or four of you that would have been capable of winning that. Yeah. That division. So. But. Yep. Good times. Yeah, it was good. I had a great time at the match. Uh, even the. Day before going up, hanging out with everybody, I had a fantastic time. I actually kind of liked the 1 p.m. start time. I mean, not the how it delays the trying to shoot 10 stages after that, but because we all got up and went went to eat breakfast, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, well, right, yeah. and, and we we got to do a, a big group dinner the night before without being Just pressed for time it. or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yes, the the breakfast was nice. Everyone was worried about my spicy food causing problems. So, Jared orders a freaking. We go to Denny's and Jared orders a freaking skillet, and it's got jalapenos and chorizo and onions, and just I think he's putting Tabasco sauce on it. It looked good. And it was like delicious. Sauces. It looked really good, but it just looked like he was going to be having some issues later on. I said, if you have an issue later on, just sit down in the mud. Nobody will be able to tell the difference. Breakfast of champions. That and a pot of coffee, and I was ready to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> But so, anything else about the match? The stack did, and the the match ran super well considering. So, yes, uh, something to mention from from the top down. The the staff did do a phenomenal job, especially with with all the issues that could have been from the rain yeah. delay. And they did phenomenal. Uh, something that was kind of cool uh, at the very end of the day. You know, it was like. 
eight thirty, and we were still shooting. Uh, so we had two squads that had to get through one stage to finish out the day. Somehow or another, that happened. I don't really know what the details. I just know we rolled up to a stage, and the squad was finishing. I had heard still, it was. We still I had to put because... our squad through, and the squad in front of us had to go through it. I heard it was because Jeff spent too much time cleaning all of his mags. I heard. I think I cleaned mags once at this match. <laughs> that's probably my that's my favorite thing about production. I don't think I don't think I've cleaned a production mag more than once in a match. Nice. Anyway, I actually, the point. I was, I actually, I was, no, no, let me since we've interrupted you, and let me go ahead and throw in a piece of useless information in there. I actually pulled one mag apart at the match and cleaned it. Oh, yeah, I never do. Sorry, that either. yeah, we interrupted you. Yeah, yeah. So don't follow our example on mag cleaning. Um, but the point was, uh, during those entire two squads, uh, the squads ended up working together to to get everybody run through. So basically, on the reset on that stage, we would have it completely reset and taped up by the time they were done scoring it. Like we go, everybody was out there the yeah. whole time, and as soon as they scored a target, it was taped. And uh, everything was reset. And then as soon as the scorekeeper got back around to the front, the next shooter was ready. Everything was taped. Everyone was out of the way. And they get going. So it was uh, it was pretty cool. Just everybody We're working together. together. Yeah, because yeah. it was, you know, it was 8 o'clock. It was getting dark. Uh, we were pushing to get done before daylight was gone. Uh, yeah, it was cool. It was cool to see everybody working together to get that done. So... Cool. Yeah. So, I think the most important thing of the weekend, though, is I think Boomer needs to tell us about how he ended up with his new motorcycle riding him. <laughs> um. So somebody asked me if I, my mom, I posted something on Facebook. No, I posted on Instagram because my mom's on Facebook, and uh, I didn't want her to see it that I had wrecked my new motorcycle. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'll post on Instagram. I just won't say nothing on Facebook. And she's like, I didn't realize she was on Instagram. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, she's like, did you wreck it? And I was like, well, I didn't really wreck it, but I did end up on the ground. Uh, man, I was just at a buddy's house and we were messing with his bike. And we were, then we went out, and my bike's the same bike. And we went out and um, we were messing with the exhaust and we were pulling out these, there's these DB um, oh, killers, these pieces of pipe in there that, you know, they, they don't rob it of any airflow or whatever, but they kind of, I guess, make some back pressure and then they, but they kind of tame the sound. And, um, and we pulled mine out and then we got, he said, he said, ride that, ride that thing. Cause normally when you pull like the, we, if you, we'll get on them and we've been messing with the, uh, air filters and the exhaust. And so we took my air filter out and left my air box off and then rode it like that. And it, it, it just pulls more air in and you get a little bit more power and this bike's got too much power anyway this is a this bike is bad and it's a ktm 690 uh enduro and um so we did that and i was just out there riding on it and i was riding on this one part of his yard where it kind of goes downhill and then you you have to take a pretty much the way i attacked this part if that's the right word i was gonna have to go straight down this hill and not super steep incline but i it was a it was all grass and then i was gonna have to kind of make a sharp turn and i just had too much throttle and I realized it, so I tried to get on the brake a little bit, and then I gave it too much brake, and that kind of threw me forward, and then I kind of bounced back, and then whiskey throttled it, and <laughs> and then definitely gave too much front brake, and I and I just saw that front that front tire just go whoop, and um, I just went down on my right side, and and uh, so I'm I, my arm is in ice right now, my ribs are pretty sore, uh, my hip and side are all bruised up and my shoulders hurting so it's awesome what i wanted to avoid from shooting in the rain from pushing too hard from shooting in the slick rain i just <laughs> essentially did to myself on my motorcycle so <laughs> yeah. uh, and yeah, anyway. you're a moto you sound like a moto superstar man no dude here's the here's the deal i was too aggressive and i don't have the skill so <laughs> those are not <laughs> a good combination and i'm not I smart hear. enough to know better so that's just a trifecta of bad of, of, so you, of bad stuff. So you crash and burn just like whenever you don't have the skill and push too hard at shooting. It's funny how that works, but yes. So my friend's sitting there watching me do it, and um, 
he comes over and he's like, and I just get up, I'm on the ground and I, I, and I hit the ground and then I slide for probably three or four feet. Cause it's going, it's going downhill. And, um, I just kind of roll over and get, kind of get on my hands and knees and I'm just kind of, I can breathe. And I knew I wasn't really <laughs> out of air. Like I didn't get the air knocked at me, but I knew that my chest had kind of, and rib cage had kind of flexed more than it should have. And I knew that it was going to be an issue and I was in some, good amount of pain and of course my arm and legs were all scratched up but uh yeah so i just kind of sat there and he's like are you okay and i was like yeah and he just kind of runs over and grabs my bike he's laughing at me now and uh yeah a good friend good friend no he's actually a good dude but uh so yeah and then he gets on it and uh starts tearing but he doesn't he does and he's like yeah i made two passes around this house his house and the first one he's like man i was sitting there thinking like damn you're coming in pretty hot on that on that in that area and he's like dude i've He's like, I've dumped more bikes in that spot of the yard than I care to think about it. So it's a, it's just a, it comes up at an hill and an, at an angle and it's grass and you, you put too much throttle on there. It's just going to come out from underneath you. It's just the way it is. Doesn't hurt your pride more than anything though. When you wreck a bike. <laughs> no, it hurts my arm and my ribs and my arm and my shoulder. Uh, no, I didn't hurt my pride at all. Well, see the thing about it is I, so he got the bike and and pulled it up underneath his little. He's got a little deck and and he's got a basement, and um, I bit the uh, foot brake in. And he's like, I was inside sitting down trying to lessen the pain because I was hurting pretty bad. And he goes, Oh crap, your foot brake! And I go, Well, that won't be the first foot brake I broke on a motorcycle from wrecking. So <laughs> luckily, I didn't break it, but I just bent it in a little bit, and he was able to bend it out. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, I. I it was a good lesson to learn because I learned it on grass and I wasn't going super fast. I had, I was able to slow down a good amount. Um, I mean, I just did everything wrong. I just flat out did everything wrong. Um, I was in the wrong gear. I was in first gear. I was giving it way too much throttle. I braked completely wrong. Then whiskey throttled, then braked even more. Uh, going down, uh, you know, going downhill also kind of at an angle on grass and, um, yeah. The uh, games win super prizes. The the good news is, I bet that bike has plenty more lessons to teach you. Oh, the good thing is, is I learned that <laughs> lesson, and um, I learned it soft, is soft and is um safe as possible, I guess. Because if that would have happened on concrete, which I probably wouldn't have been doing that stupid crap on concrete or raw, you know, a dirt road. Because his dirt, his, he lives on a dirt road, and it's just man, there's just jagged rocks on this dirt road it ain't no just dirt road with you know dirt it's freaking chunks it's gra- of rocks is it is it the grand canyon is it is it like when you face planted on the range the other yeah, day it, i was gonna tell you it's like the range that we shoot at up here it's that that terrain it is like the freaking grand canyon dude <laughs> be, be glad it was not on the concrete or the asphalt because i can confirm that it's very painful to have them clean out all the road rash and then and then get skin grafts is not yeah. much fun. I've heard that. And I can tell you right now, if it would have been on the concrete, I would I would have went to the hospital probably because it would have been it would it would have hurt a lot more. I mean it would have done more. I think. I mean, anyways. But again, I wouldn't have been doing it. Part of it's like, well, this is a grass and if it just slips out from under me, sometimes you can just do it where you just kinda go down and Yeah. So <laughs> That's what dirt bikes are for. I, I, so next time I won't be I won't be doing this anymore, even at his in his in his yard. But, yes, he will. Well, okay. On this one section, I'll I, I'll just let it. I'll just pull the clutch in and just roll down that part. I'll bet he wrecks it on that section again this year. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna make that section my bitch. Well, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm on the ground while I'm on the ground and and kind of just thinking through this process and kind of taking in some data from my body. I'm also thinking, okay, how is this going to jack up your practice where you can't practice for two weeks, three weeks, you know, or six weeks? How bad are you hurt right now? And, you know, is this going to screw you up? And so, and then on the way home, I was, and I had to ride at home, <clears throat> which I was fine, but I was, I was easy going on the way home, man. I tell you what, <laughs> but, uh, um, I, well, I take that back. I did get it up to ninety a couple times, but um, 
I was sitting thinking like, man, you know, you start thinking about everything. You're like, do I need to sell this bike? Should I sell this bike? You know, I just bought this bike <laughs> three weeks ago. This uh, is this is how Jason talks himself out of matches so quickly. He, yeah. he has one one little wreck, and he's already talking about selling the bike. Well, dude, I'm in pain right now, man. I'm iced up. <laughs> I'm that's, how, that's how you know on the way to that match, he was talking himself into going uh, home. I can tell, well, I told you right now. So, on the if I'd have been at home and hadn't left yet, I wouldn't have come. I know. But I was 30 minutes from the range, and I didn't have a hotel because somebody was going to let me stay with them somewhere at their place, and then that didn't work out, so we had to pay for a hotel. Yeah, I mean, that was quite the adventure. <laughs> yes. Pretty boring, but yeah. So anyways, that's my story. Enough of that. Nobody cares. So... Uh, for you guys, what's your next uh, major this year? Free State, baby. Mm, mine's Area 3, August 1st, I think. Jeez. So I've got a Great Plains section this weekend, and then uh, Free State's the next one for me after that. Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to my next one. You're You're coming for Jeremy, aren't you? I am coming for Jeremy. So, how are you going to prepare for Area Three, which is kind of known as gimmicky, and there's isn't there a lot of steel at Area Three? So, now you said you went, you didn't make up, have a makeup on steel. No, uh, I, did, I, I didn't have any makeups on steel. I, I'm just going to keep shooting the way you are. I have been. I'm not going to change anything for. Yeah, that. I think Jeremy's going to shoot minor at that match. Okay. Miner's probably smart for that match. We shall see. We see shall if see. Talent trumps minor. There you go. I did get beat by three people shooting minor at nationals. See, there you go. It can be done, I guess. I don't know. It just—it seems strange, though. Unless single stack shooters are just way better than production shooters. I don't know. That sounds like you're making a statement, not asking a question. Being <laughs> passive aggressive. I do think I think major is almost always an impossible advantage to overcome. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like when I go to uh, like a section match, I guess mostly section matches. Like if I have a bad match, then maybe the top production shooter beats me. But normally, if I just shoot a decent match, I pretty much crush all the production shooters. So in my mind, like, shooting major in single stack is just, like, it's better. It's uh, it's an advantage over shooting minor. Because I don't think I'm that much better than all the production guys. But I, I'm always finishing ahead of them. So to me, that just means uh, that the eight-round major is a better setup. So what you're saying is production should go major and minor. You're wanting to roll change. Yeah, make exactly. production major only. We're yeah, gonna, would. Yeah, we're gonna roll single stack no. production and L10 together. It's gonna happen, dude. And it's gonna be called single stack. <laughs> yeah, if they, if they if they did that, I would switch to a new division. <laughs> I'd probably go back to CO. I I don't want to shoot major. Yeah. Um, All right. Hey, you guys, you. Well, Jared probably didn't, but Jason, you probably listened to the last episode where Jeremy and I talked about. Uh, drawing motivation from other people in other sports. Yeah. Uh, did you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Sure. Justin Bieber. Um, he's kind of um, an yeah. inspiration to me. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's Makes that hair, me. man. Yeah. Because I, I don't have any. So. <laughs> right. It's yeah. just like. No, I, I agree with what y'all are saying. I always find it extremely interesting to watch somebody that's um, at the top of anything and listen to him talk. My dad's a musician, um, and he's 
a world-class level musician at what he does. And, um, you know, and I've grown up around that my whole life with other world-class, uh, you know, talented musicians. And, and it's the same thing. It's always the same thing. It's just putting in the work, but, um, uh, you know, you talk about the guys like Michael Jordan and, you know, he always comes up. Tom Brady uh, is one I like to pick. I like to talk about because the stuff I've heard, you know, but it, it's, it's really neat. And, um, you know, this sport, it seems funny to talk about what we're doing, comparing that to Tom Brady, who's making $35 million a year. And, you know, we're not making anything though. We all did get paid this weekend. We got paid. Hey, but, um, you take that thirty-five million, you cut off a few of the zeros, yeah, like five, <laughs> and we made the exact same amount. I mean, when you cut off eight of those zeros, <laughs> there's only like, anyways. But um, so yeah, I, I thought that was really neat, and I and I and I, I sometimes I look at that. It, well, and to be honest with you, I'll some of the quotes that I've heard of those people saying, like I think it was Jordan said a quote, like. He's like, I never worried about it because he knew I, he, you know, um, he, I never worried about performing because I knew I put in the work and um, stuff like that. So, and then you know, it's funny because something I don't think I've ever talked about, but I've noticed that like a lot of these in in a couple years ago when I would notice this, I just thought these guys are punks. They're just cocky pricks. But you see, you see a lot like in football. Um, you see it in baseball or basketball too. But first person that comes to my mind is like Richard Sherman. When he played for, I think he started out for Seattle, and um, he was like, "Man, don't they try to put some sorry receiver on me or something like that?" And he, these guys are just talking how they are the greatest thing ever, right? I think part of that is just their self-talk, and they have to look at it that way, and they have to convince themselves that they're that good. That's part of getting that good, right? Yeah. I mean, now there may be a difference between being vocal about it and then just thinking it internally where like Drew Brees may think that internally or Tom Brady or uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, those guys yeah. are so freaking good and, you know, as quarterbacks, but, uh, but yeah, so I think that's part of it. That's right. So I did not listen to that podcast yet. Cause I am super behind on all the podcasts downloaded on my phone. How many but have you listened to Jared? Exactly. Jeff or Jared <laughs> two, three. Yeah. You're behind. You're a little behind. <laughs> But uh, talking about that, I I assume a little bit here, but I do find a lot of interest and value in stuff about other sports. Like a good example that is on Netflix, you have all the different stuff about CrossFit. I have exactly 0% interest in actual CrossFit. But like seeing how how serious like the, the athletes are taking their training and their mindsets and stuff when they're competing and stuff, I find very interesting. Same thing with the, uh, it was last year, Netflix released that Formula One show. I'd never watched anything about Formula One racing before that. But I did find it very interesting when they were interviewing all the drivers, you know, the mindset and stuff like that of the drivers. Just, I think in a lot of ways, a a top-level athlete, is very similar across a lot of different sports. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah, the, the way they they approach stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're a lot well, it's like personality me. types, right? What, are, maybe you know, I'm, not, I'm not understanding what you're saying, Jerry, but it's like personality types. Even in in any sport, you're going to have guys that are extremely vocal, and they're going to walk in the door, and they're going to tell everybody how they're going to win this thing. Then you got other people that are thinking the same thing, but they don't vocalize it. And then you got guys that are coming in saying, hey, I just want to have the best uh, performance, match, game, whatever it is um, that I can do, and that'll the, that's going to give me the best chance of winning. I think, I think it's more a case of they all are clearly at the skill level where they are capable of winning. So it, it is truly a battle of their, of their mindset in a lot of ways. I mean – Clearly, the guys racing in Formula One are the best of the best of drivers. They've raced for years to get to that point, and the only reason they're, they are there is because they're capable of winning. So the difference that separates the guy winning and the guy that gets last place is is their mind. So Jeff and I were talking earlier today, um, and I said, so let me ask you a question. I said, did you basically just say, um, I'm shooting – a division that I'm at a disadvantage significantly with my gear here. So 
did you kind of just say, all right, I'm just going to let, I'm just going to shoot. I'm going to, I'm going to push and I'm just going to shoot and let the results fall, uh, where they, where they fall, the ships fall where they may or whatever. And he's like, yeah, that's pretty much what I did. It, it takes some of the stress off when you're kind of like, you give yourself permission to not win the entire thing. Right. You're yeah. saying like, you're like, well, I mean, there's good shooters at this match and the gear is probably going to be too much to overcome. So, you know, I, I'm going to do well, but I mean, realistically, you know, I'm probably going to be at a, you know, it's gonna be hard for me to win this. So, but I'm just going to go out there and shoot solid and it gives me the kind of freedom to really push it, take the stress away of losing the match on a stage or, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah. and so sometimes yeah. that's good. And I've always wondered, does that kind of, I didn't really want to bring this up, but I'll go ahead and ask it on air. Do you guys kind of find that when you shoot single stack anyways? And I'm not trying to be like, I don't know if this sounds, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but like you single stack's not terribly crowded as it is. Yeah. And you guys just kind of know that it's really going to be hard for some, for you not to win the match. And does that kind of I mean, give you freedom to like, yeah, definitely. Unless, you know, unless there's someone there to really compete with, like if I'm shooting against, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy or, uh, shot against, uh, Tim, Tim Heron, uh, you know, you definitely feel the pressure if you're going against someone that's, that's decent at it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely what you said. I thought that was great. Uh, like giving yourself, uh, permission not to win basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That just really sets you free to, to perform, I think. Which is well, opposite of what you, you know, like for me, I knew there was several, several good shooters, and, and I can throw out five of them that were there. That if I didn't execute, they they could they would have beat me. Yeah. And so, but I just told myself that I, my best chance to my goal for this match is just to shoot as good as I can. And if I shoot as good as I can, this is because this is like when you ask me at Ozark, you go, "Hey, right before we start the match, you go, where do you think you're going to finish at?" And I was like, "I'm not even worried about that." And I wasn't. I wasn't even worried. I was just like, I'm just going to shoot shoot the best match I can, and whatever happens, happens. If I shoot the best match I can and don't win, then I just can't. That that guy's that guy or gal's better than me. So, right. and um, I did the same thing. And so, I think part of it though is when when you when you know that you can win, or you're you're directly competing against somebody, you're you you know it's either going to be you or him that wins the match. I think in some ways it also prevent you from it can prevent you from pushing where you can push because you don't want to make a stupid mistake to lose the match where you put yourself in Jeff's shoes where you got all these disadvantages it's kind of like you're just shooting yeah you know, it's you're not supposed to win the match I mean, right you're just shooting yeah yeah anyways that was good so anything else guys I think that makes a great episode. My yeah. favorite part was Boomer falling off his bike. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I like how every month uh, Jason falls on his face or wrecks a bike up, or something. It's the year of 2020. The, the, the country's collapsing and Jeff is, or in, uh, Jason's collapsing. Dude. I'm really looking forward to next month. See what Ooh. it is. Because I did. I was. What's going to be? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to say something. So you, you you made a comment just a second ago that I was I made a really good point about um, uh, the the match thing. You give your, yourself permission not to win the match, you know, and so you it takes some of the pressure off, and you you just shoot really relaxed, right? And you thought that was a good point, right? Yes. Coach Boomer. Coach Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> you read Coach Boomer on Facebook. He'll teach riding and shooting now. <laughs> yeah, I'll teach you riding a motorcycle. You just do what I do the opposite of what I'm doing, apparently. So probably the same <laughs> thing. As I say, too. As I do. Exactly. So anyways. What'd you guys think though? I mean, Jeff, you shot on a squad. Um I actually liked shooting on a squad. I did end up finally uh, knowing a person on the squad. A, a local guy jumped on the squad the day before. And um but I was kind of going into it looking forward to not having any like essentially friends on the squad that I knew. Um, I, I knew of one other guy and he and I basically talked the whole match about stuff and uh, as far as stage plans and stuff, cause we were, he was shooting open. I was shooting uh, carry optics, but uh, I kind of liked it a little bit. Not having, not that I don't like being on the squad with you guys, but Jeff and I normally squad together. And then I guess Jared, we, we squad together, squad together often. So I, 
but Jared, you were on a squad with everybody you knew, so. Yeah, but you know the way it is. There's in the grand scheme of things, there's such a small group of people that regularly travel to everything yeah. that if, if you shoot enough, you're eventually going to end up with people you know. Yeah. At every match, my biggest thing is I like shooting with somebody else that is at a similar skill level. It, granted, my squad was pretty stacked. I mean, uh, TJ was on there, Matt was on there, uh, Joel, uh, Kenny, and uh, Jeff Lane. Uh, Lane. So, like, all the Omaha guys were on my squad. So there was there was plenty of talent. It was definitely – it's nice because you're not going to – it'll help you keep from missing anything in a lot of ways. No, but especially I, with with me having the guys on my squad that I was directly competing against, it, it definitely keeps you in the loop on where you are all day. And, and it adds some pressure, which I don't think is a bad thing. No, I don't think so. Because you got to uh, get used to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was with lots of people I knew on on my squad. Uh, I had lots of friends on there, but cool. I didn't have I didn't have anybody that was at that level to shoot with. Um, and I'm not trying to talk down on anybody, but I mean, there wasn't there wasn't anybody above like an A class level on on my squad. I'm not. I think Brian's an A-class. I'm not entirely sure. I think he is. Uh, yeah, so it that was a little different, uh, but it was also kind of nice. It was like uh, just kind of trusting yourself to come up with the best plan also because I, I didn't really have anybody to balance ideas off of. Yeah. I, I, I've generally found, though, that I'll shoot better if I'm shooting with better people. Well, dang, man. Think what would happen if I'd have been on your squad. I probably would have shot the match like 10 seconds faster. <laughs> you're seeing, as you're seeing uh, Jeff just going through and just blazing everything. Like John Moses Browning was smiling from heaven. Right, he or was. hell. I'm not sure which way he went. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. On, uh, yeah, it is heresy, right? <laughs> We're going to... On a side note, we're going to have to kick Jared off the podcast now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. We're going to get hate mail on that one. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. We're up past the boomer's bedtime because I know I'm tired. So that's a good place to end it. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what do we normally say? Cut it off? Pinch it off. Pinch it off. My bad. Let's pinch it off. Yeah. All right. Hit us up on Facebook or Instagram if you uh, – want us to talk about anything specific or want to tell us how cool we are. Hey, I did have someone at the match come up and say they liked the podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing that more often. I was told was cool. I was told that we should have left it ass cast. I've been, I dude, was, I've been told that every just about every match I get told that. Yeah, well, you wow. people that know it used to be ass cast, you're the OGs and yeah. That's our gift to you. You're an it's like OG. An joke. They're yeah. the special crew. You're an OG and you get to carry that. You're welcome. Oh, stop recording, damn it. <laughs>